Thanks for tuning in to My Weight Live, the podcast where we talk to medical experts about the latest research and how you can apply it to reaching your best weight. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at myweightwhattoknow.com or search My Weight What to Know on Facebook. We're always posting new articles, videos, and tools that make living a healthy life easier. Hi, everybody. Welcome to My Weight Live. Tonight, we have the privilege of talking with Dr. Kristen Terenzi, a family doctor from Toronto, and she's sharing suggestions on how anyone can have a productive conversation with their doctor to reach a healthier weight. You won't want to miss this. Stay with us. Dr. Trenzi, thank you also so much for joining us tonight. Thanks so much for having me. So you've been a physician for almost 30 years, and you have so much to share, not only wisdom in terms of helping other people, but also about your own journey. So if you don't mind, I want to jump right in and talk about your journey with weight. Well, I can't remember a time when I wasn't on a diet. Um, From very early on, I found that it was difficult to control my weight, and I'd been on every diet there could be. I mean, I'm dating myself but Scarsdale diets and, and, uh, you know, anything. I'm, I'm telling you, I remember Thursday was fruit. Um, (laughs) so I mean, I've been on every diet I can possibly think of, whether it was on the keto diet or, uh, uh, Weight Watchers, which I had the most success with, um, Mediterranean diets. I've tried them all and I found that yes, I would lose the weight, but unfortunately I would gain it back right afterwards. And I found that that was very, very frustrating. And, um, I can tell you that I, certainly understand when my patients come in and tell me how frustrated they are because I felt that frustration as well. So we've had the privilege of talking with you. We have a wonderful article about your journey on our website, folks. I definitely recommend you go check it out because it's really, really meaningful. And I think one of the things that resonates most with me about all the wisdom you have to share is that you're very honest that, you know, that you struggled with dieting, that they just didn't work for you, but that you did find what ultimately did work for you. And we know from research done and uh, weight loss and from the experience of lots of different people, diets don't work for most people. So I'm sure you were seeing that similar experience played out with a lot of your patients as well. 100%. And patients come in and they don't understand why they're doing everything right. And they are doing everything right. They're exercising. They're working hard. They're doing a a whole lot of work and it's still not working for them. And, And I think that we know a lot more about obesity now than we did before. It's a chronic disease. It has a lot of different um, factors that affect it, including things like uh, hormones and various types of things that happen within our body that we don't have control over Exactly, that really prevent us from um, getting to where we want to be with our diet. When I learned that, I took a different approach and that's what made all the difference to me. Okay. So one of the many reasons we're talking with you is because you have kind of beat the odds. You've lost over 30 pounds and you kept it off for quite some time now. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about what you did, kind of what change really made the difference for you. Well, there are a number of weight loss medications on the market that are very safe and are very effective. And depending on the patient, I can I found that the one particular that I worked, I used was a medication called Saxenda. Saxenda is a injection that you take on a regular basis um, every day that helps to reduce your gastric emptying, make you feel full faster. And it also helps with a lot of the hormones that we have that combat that 
ability of your body to gain the weight back. There are other medications on the market um, and I I've luckily didn't have to try those um, because this one worked so well for me. And when I made that change, as well as adding to the diet and exercise and lifestyle changes that I was making, it made a huge difference for me. And I was able to sort of reach that pinnacle and, uh, and surpass it. So I want to talk about a couple of things here. Um, we had a wonderful episode last month with Dr. Sue Peterson, and she talked about kind of the things that have been proven to be effective um, for losing weight and keeping it off over the long run, because it's that keeping it off over the long run part that's hard. That's the challenge. That's the hard part. And she said, you know, we tend to think of the things that have been proven in three buckets. Bucket one is lifestyle change, diet and exercise, you know, really thinking about the way we look at food, mindful eating, um, journaling, things like that. And she said, that is fundamental. Whatever you do, that has to be in place. But for many people, that's not enough alone. And so that's when 100%. we might want to think about medication or, or surgery or behavior, you know, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, for example. And so what I hear you saying is, you know, you were doing that first piece and really working hard, as a lot of your patients are as well. And it that wasn't enough. And so adding the medication piece for you really made the difference. Made a huge difference. So I think um, I think, and again, I'm probably dating myself, but I think sometimes when people think about weight loss medications, we think about FenFen, not as safe as I think anybody would have liked it to been. But what I hear you say and what I hear from a lot of doctors is the medications we have available now are safe and effective. And they actually work by on things that are normally happening in our body, hormones, for example. Yes. I, I think that, you know, for those of us who are a little bit older... Um, you, we remember those fen fens and, and various other diet medications that weren't safe and who are proven not to be safe. But the medications that we have now are very compatible with a normal, healthy life and they are safe and they are very, very effective. They work very differently than the old medications did. So these are viable alternatives that are very low risk and in the long run help patients to do a lot better than they ever did before. That's awesome. And I think one of the things that I kind of took away from our conversation with Dr. Peterson is most of the things that have been proven to be successful are things that really require a physician's help to navigate, whether that's medication or surgery or cognitive behavioral therapy. You know, even now, even utilizing a meal replacement program with medical supervision is, you know, all of these tools really require a doctor. So we know it's important to talk to talk to a healthcare professional, but honestly, talking to our doctor about weight can be really intimidating. And so that's what we're going to spend the rest of the conversation talking about with you, Dr. Terenzi, is how we can navigate that best. So according to a recent study done in Canada, there's really a disconnect between what doctors think and what patients think. So a majority of healthcare professionals in this recent study said they had talked to their patients about weight, but many of the people living with obesity and excess weight surveyed said their doctor hadn't even ever mentioned weight. So I think it's probably fair to say that if we want to talk with weight, talk about weight with our doctor, we need to bring it up. Would you say that's a fair assessment? I think it is. I, I think that there are many physicians out there that aren't comfortable speaking about weight. They're afraid they're going to offend their patients or perhaps not be politically correct or say something that would actually harm them. So I think you have to be very, very forthright with your doctor. Make it very clear to them that you are interested in learning uh, about 
ways that you can help your weight, ways that you can manage your chronic disease. And don't be afraid of that. I mean, I think that a lot of us as physicians are very open to that kind of thing, especially when we know that that's what our patients wants to talk about. Okay. So as Dr. Judy Shaw says, tip number one is bring it up. Okay. So we've decided we're committed to talking about it. What suggestions would you have for making sure like we kind of are getting what we want and need out of the conversation? So walk us through what someone might do to have the most productive conversation with their doctor. I think productive conversations um, occur mostly when you are really clear yourself what you want. Um, Great point. If you're going in to see uh, your physician and you want uh, medication, you wanted to explore medication, then don't let him talk to you about diet and exercise for 20 minutes and then the uh, and, and then the appointment is over. Make it really clear what you'd like to know about, whether that's medication or surgery, or if you're really just interested in um, different, uh, different approaches to lifestyle measures. Make sure you know. And there's nothing wrong with you doing a little bit of research. Not everything you read is going to be valid for you. Not everything is going to be true, but it'd be nice for you to know a little bit about what you're asking about so that you're at least informed enough to say, no, that's not really what I wanted to talk about. Okay. So I I have two follow-up questions for you. Question number one first is, um, where might someone, where might you recommend someone go to kind of do the research that might be helpful in thinking through the conversation. So for example, if I think, okay, I'd I'd really like to explore some medication. Is there a place, perhaps the Obesity Canada website, that someone might kind of get some background information so they can come in informed? For sure. I mean, you know, I'm a a big advocate of the My Weight What to Know website. I think that it's very good. Thank you so Um, much. But it is. And and I find that my patients find a lot of useful information on it. Um, Obesity Canada also has an excellent website. Yes. Um, There are uh, various other uh, websites that I've uh, recommended that my patients look at, like WebMD, the Mayo Clinic website. Um, Even in Canada, uh, the Centers for Addiction and Mental Health have an obesity web portion on it. Wow. So I think it's very important for patients to look out there and and look at reputable website, National Institute of Health. Um, There are lots of places that you can look. But regardless of which, find out some information, write it down, and then go to your doctor and see if it's true or not. Oh, great point. That's, <laughs> that's a really good point. You know, um, we're going to put a link in um, in the in the comments here with mm-hmm. the Obesity Canada kind of like review of the different medications that are available in Canada. Uh, just mm-hmm. so your folks are aware of that, that might be a great place to start if medication is something that you're interested in. One of the things that you talked with us about in the article is calling ahead before your appointment and saying, I would like to talk about weight and I'm probably am going to need some extra time. I thought that was really helpful. I think it's very important because as you know, we tend to be busy individuals, unfortunately. And, and you know, you don't always get the time that you need to speak with your doctor about important things. And what the last thing you want is to be kind of pushed out the door when you're in a difficult conversation for many of us. Absolutely. So I think it's important to speak with the secretary and say, look, I do have a, a number of things I want to speak to the doctor about. Is there any way that I can get a longer appointment, perhaps at the end of the day or, or at a time when when things might not be as busy for him or her. And I think that that's going to guarantee that your doctor knows that, okay, there's something important that my patient wants to speak about. 
and I'm going to have to give them my full attention. So one of the things that, that we've heard from people is they work up the courage to talk to their doctor and then they get the, oh, you just need to eat less and move more speech. Oh, the good old eat more, eat less, move more speech. My favorite. <laughs> All right. So you're a doctor. Tell mm-hmm. those folks what should they say in response to that? I think that you should say respectfully. Um, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. And I've been reading an awful lot that maybe there's a lot of hormones that are involved and, and various pathways in our body that make it more difficult to lose weight than we originally thought. That's why I understand that some medications do work for patients. What do you think about that? I think that's wonderful. Dr. Vala says, doctor, do you, um, do you pr- believe, do you believe in, in evidence-based <laughs> medicine? Because in Canada, and I'm sure it's the same in the United States, we're very much tied to evidence-based medicine. And we have the evidence now that this is very much, well, much more complex than we initially thought. I think what's important to know is that there are hundreds of different medications that we get new medications a year, um, for different, med- uh, for different, uh, treatments for for diseases. Mm -hmm. And it's not possible for all of us to know about every drug that's out there. So uh, physicians shouldn't feel intimidated because maybe their patient knows something that they don't. And if you do have a physician that is intimidated by that, well, that's their problem and not yours, right? So I think it's important for you to say, listen, if you're not comfortable treating this or this is not something that you're really familiar with, perhaps you might want to become more familiar with it to help me. But if that's not in your scope of practice or something that you're not willing to do, perhaps you could refer me to another clinic or someone that may be more specialized in the treatment of obesity. And I think that's a very fair request. That's a very valid request. Folks, if you go to our website, you can find our clinic locator. And we have a whole list of physicians and clinics in Canada that are treating obesity and excess weight as a chronic medical condition. Uh, So you can see if there's anybody near you. And if your physician is open to it, you could ask them for referral. Um, But Dr. Trenzi, I want to come back in on something that you talked about earlier which is, you know, obesity is now considered to be a chronic disease. And that's not necessarily really understood by, certainly by society, but even by the medical profession. As a doctor, can you talk a little bit about why our weight is not our fault, that there's so many factors involved in it that we don't have control over? Well, I think that we're starting to learn. I mean, let me put it this way. If you look at the way I treat diabetes right now to the way I treated diabetes when I graduated from medical school, many years ago, 29 years ago right now, almost 30. Um, It's very different. And that's because of the things we've learned. And I think that physicians are starting to understand that we're getting a lot more information, evidence-based medicine that show us that obesity is a chronic disease, just like diabetes is, just like like Alzheimer's is, just like all of these things. And where we wouldn't think that, that diabetes is somebody's fault or, or hypertension is somebody's fault, we're starting to realize now that in many cases, obesity isn't your fault either. There's a lot of different factors in your body that will will drive your appetite, will drive your metabolism. And those are things that in many ways you cannot control. So why take the blame for something like that? But just because it's not your fault doesn't mean that there's not things that you can do about it. 
And I think that many physicians are starting to understand with the new evidence and the new information that's coming through that really it's their job to help their patients mitigate factors that they can't control. Our weight is not our fault. Our health is our responsibility and we need to try to take care of our bodies the best we can. But not starting, I think, from that place of shame really empowers us to kind of take action, you know, on our own behalf and do the best we can. There is absolutely no reason to feel shame because of your weight. In many ways, it's not your fault, but that doesn't mean you can't do something about it. I wouldn't shame somebody with diabetes. I wouldn't shame somebody, God forbid, with cancer. Why would I ever shame anyone for any illness? Exactly. And I think there's really two sides to the fact that obesity and excess weight is a chronic disease. One, you know, there's a lot to it that we don't always have control over. But two, I can't think of another disease that I would feel like it's my responsibility to fix. You know, I would recognize I need a team of medical professionals around me to help me get the treatments that I need. And that's exactly the case with weight. And we're going to talk more about that. Um, So I think even when we know the science, it can still feel kind of crappy to be blamed for weight by our doctor. So as a physician, can you just talk a little bit about why someone shouldn't take it personally if they get blamed by their physician? I find that very uncomfortable to think about anybody being shamed for their weight because it's it's just not your fault. And, yeah. and, and I think that if you are in any way feeling shame after an appointment, I think I'm going to suggest to you that, and I've said this before, you should really consider the fact that you're perhaps dealing with someone who doesn't know as much about obesity as perhaps even you do. Um, so having said that, never feel shame and um, never take it personally. Really, that feeling that you have is more about it speaks more to your physician's experience more than it does to your problem. Oh gosh, I'm so I'm so glad to hear you say that. Thank you. Um, all right, so I want everyone to know tonight that there is inspiration and there is hope out there. You've been successful and you've helped a lot of people in your practice be successful. Can you give some examples of the successes that your patients have had when it comes to weight loss and health? I will say, and I'm I'm blessed that um, that I've been able to help patients that way. I can tell you, for example, I have a woman in her 50s who was having severe, severe osteoarthritis in her knees, too young to have a knee replacement, really hobbling around, um, approaching a wheelchair. The orthopedic surgeon said, we have to wait another five or six years. And she really thought that she wasn't going to be able to do it. So we got her, we helped her with some medication and we got her down about 50 pounds and she's walking and she's now started to play tennis and she's not going to be having surgery in the near future. So that was a tremendous uh, success. I've had young girls who now have periods because they've had um, polycystic ovaries and they've lost weight. Their periods have come back and they've been able to um, start families. And and that's been a tremendous tremendous blessing. But patients who have reversed their diabetes um, because they've lost enough weight that they now have enough insulin, that they're producing enough insulin to be able to control their sugars without medication. I mean, there's so many that I could tell you, but there's tons and tons of chronic diseases that are affected by this chronic disease that you can really help patients to conquer. Wow. Oh my gosh. I, I love hearing this. There's a common thread through several of the stories that you just told me though, and that was people who were able to lose weight and have better health, either have more mobility, um, be able to get pregnant, be able to get off insulin. And all of those are kind of what we call PMRs or personal motivating reasons that are 
reasons that we want to kind of um, lose weight and keep it off for our better health rather than a number on the scale. Do you try to help your patients get to that PMR, that reason that they're willing to kind of like do the hard work and stick with it? I do my best because I think this is the issue. I don't really focus on numbers. I think that that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. I think that what you need to do is to have a goal and the goal should be a functional goal, whether that is that you want to feel better and not be so short of breath when you go up the stairs or you want to have less pain in your knees or you want to get off some of your medications for diabetes or um, you want to, uh, and I know this may sound vain, but it's valid. And that is you want to go to that reunion next year and you want to be looking your best. I think you have to have a personal goal in mind. And I, I really think about them as functional goals. So these functional goals are the things that we visualize, we practice. And I try my very best to help patients say, okay, look, you're at a crossroads here. I know you're having some difficulty, but what what's the end goal? Is that what you really want? And if it is, then let's try to get there together. Oh my gosh, I love that. So in your own journey, you talked a little bit in our interview and folks, when you read the article, you can hear about it, um, about the way that cognitive behavioral therapy was also an important tool for you in being successful. Can you talk a little bit about the way you kind of changed some of your thinking and maybe some of the stories in your head and how you help patients do that as well? I think that when you talk about something like cognitive behavior therapy, it sounds very clinical and it, it sounds, well, that's, that's, it sounds oh, so that's, intimidating. That's I can't do, you know, it's, um, it's really not. I mean, it really comes down to, for most patients, is identifying your thoughts around eating. So I do a very, very small, easy way of cognitive therapy for my patients. And it comes down to, do I want it? Or am I hungry? And that's basically cognitive behavior therapy. Am I hungry? And if I am, can I make a better choice? Mm. And if I'm if I just want it, can I get that same feeling of pleasure doing something that's a little bit more healthy for me? And that's still going to keep me on track to my functional goal. That's essentially cognitive behavior therapy. It's not rocket science. Those are great questions to ask yourself. I think that kind of squaring it back to like, am I actually hungry now? Or is this just mm-hmm. something that I'm either cued by the environment to want or, you know, I'm, this is just my habit. Or I, darn, that cookie looks good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy when we think about all the different cues that we're getting in our environment for tasty food all the time. That it's just... Well, it's just we constant. live in an obesogenic environment. Yes. We have... Thank, I mean, thankfully, we live in an environment where food in most cases is readily available. It's tasty. It's It smells good. It looks good. Well, of course we want to eat it. You'd be dumb if you didn't, right? <laughs> the issue is that we have to be able to look at that and decide, is it what we really want right now? And, and if it's the feeling of what we get, the pleasure that we get from eating. Can we get it some other way? So I'm going to ask you a personal question. I hope that's okay. Um, Sure. Do you have any, um, because I think we all experience cravings. We all have times when we are definitely not hungry. Are there any things that, any tools or suggestions you might have for things that have helped you kind of ride the craving wave, so to speak? I tend to try to not have a lot of stuff in my house that's going to tempt me. I try not to buy things. And that's difficult for patients who have young children because, you know, they buy the snacks for the kids. But that's also a nice way of you trying to promote healthy eating within the home by, by buying snacks that you wouldn't necessarily be cheating to have, right? Sure. Great point. So that's helpful. Mm-hmm. I try very, very hard to have cut up fruit 
um, and cut up vegetables with raspberry vinaigrette dip. Um, oh, when I have a craving, <laughs> it is, it's, and it's very low calorie, but mm-hmm. that fills me up. Mm-hmm. And I also do a lot of what's called visualization. So when I have the craving, I say to myself, okay, here it is. Here's that craving, but I have a choice. I can dive into it mm-hmm. and I can feel bad about it later, or I can go a different route with what I'm looking to achieve, which is usually that size 10 dress for whatever vain reason, but it's still my reason. Okay. I can go with that and then I can eat something that is going to be less, is still going to keep me on my road. And I visualize what I'm going to look like in that dress. Isn't that terrible? But no, no, I, I think, I think we all have, you know, our reasons and whatever reason it is, is valid because it's going to lead to better health in the long run. So no, I think that's a really, a really great suggestion. It's almost like, don't let anybody ever shame you for your own reasons. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly right. I 100%, just like you shouldn't ever let anyone shame you for your feelings. You know, your feelings are your feelings. That's what they are. You know, how you act If it's important to you, then it's valid. Absolutely. Oh gosh. I think that's, that's really wonderful. One other question. When you're having a day or a week, you know, where things aren't necessarily kind of going the way you want, how do you kind of get yourself back on track? Is there a meal that you go to that's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm back on track? Or how do you talk to yourself? Everybody falls off the wagon. Everybody has a bad day. That's okay. Don't beat yourself up about it because life is a series of valleys and peaks. And and if, you know, you've had a bad day and perhaps you've had some indiscretions that you then regret, let it go. The past is the past. You can't change the past. You can only change your future. So what I say is, okay, maybe that wasn't the best choice. I'll learn from it and I'll try my best not to do that again. So now I'm going to go with chicken and salad. Um, I'm going to have my chicken breast and I'm going to have a nice salad with a very low fat vinaigrette and I'm going to feel good about about it. Then I'm going to go for a walk so I can try to, uh, you know, improve my metabolism and I'm back on track again. And, uh, and I, I applaud those successes instead of really focusing on the failures. I applaud the successes. Oh, such wise words. Gosh, Dr. Renzi, thank you so much. I feel like you've not only given us the tools to help us talk to our doctor, but also the motivation of what can happen when we kind of get the right treatment plan in place with medication, the right thinking, you know, of course, that lifestyle, you know, healthy eating. Do you, One thing I do want to say yeah, one thing. Please do. Please, all of you out there, remember this. When you make the decision to speak to your physician about your weight, you've already won. Because that's the first step to taking control of your life. And you should be proud of yourself and you should stand up and say, I'm in charge and I'm going to make this journey and I'm going to find the right people to surround me that are going to help me get to my goal. So good for you. And I applaud you. Oh, gosh. And and we applaud you too. I, I think that's such a good point because it is advocating for yourself means I'm worth advocating for. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm worth, you know, taking the time to go find the help that I need. Um, I'm so excited to see what success our audience members can have when they advocate for themselves, work with their healthcare professional to develop a personal treatment plan that works for them. Folks, it is so important to invest in your health, but please don't fall for those like lose weight quick diet scams. They do not work. You've got people all around you who can tell you their story of how they don't work. Slow and sure wins the race every time. Work with your doctor and you can find success. Dr. Terenzi, thank you so, so much. I'm I'm just so happy. Thanks for having me. 